everyone. How's everybody this morning? So good. Yeah. So good to be here. Good to be with you guys and praising the Lord. Thank you for joining us. Um, Val and I, my name is Mark, for those who don't know me, are kicking off a new series titled, is it up there? Hey, Ambassadors for Christ. Let's give a big hand to Antonio. Thank you, Antonio. Thank you. All the time. Thank you, Antonio. Behind the scenes. And this series is based on the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.20. So everybody want to look that up? I'm going to look it up on my phone. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Because we're going to hear about this for several weeks. Everybody got it? I'll give you a few more minutes. And I'm going to read out of the NASB. Ready? Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg of you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Like I said, this is the first of a four-part series, but it's going to be over six weeks. Yeah, how are we going to do that, Max? Well, next week, Pastor Aaron is going to preach. Woohoo! And then we have a guest speaker. It's going to be Pastor Aaron's boss, Pastor Bob McGregor. He's going to give an apostolic message. And then the week after that, Sabbath of Sabbath. Woohoo! And then we'll <laughs> then we have an evangelism weekend, a Friday, I believe Saturday and Sunday event with a visiting pastor, Joshua Humphrey, who's going to give us some tools to sharpen our evangelism skills. And then finally, the fourth uh, segment of the series, we're going to have our own Landis Polano deliver the word. So God bless you, Landis. So that's what we have coming up. So this is the kickoff of that series. Ambassadors for who? Christ. For Christ. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we wanted to um, let you know where the title that we chose from this talk came from. It's called Living Jesus Out Loud. Okay, those of, us, those of you who know us know that um, we really do try to live Jesus out loud. In fact, today we've got our little testimony shirts on. This is Team Jesus, and this is um, Sing, Make Music in Your Heart as Unto the Lord. That's what the music says, and that's what the scripture says down below. So, and it, you know, you don't have to wear those things and do, do what we do in order to live Jesus out loud. But we do want to tell you where that, where that title came from. About 35 years ago, when we were in northwest Indiana, we had a church there, and we had a home group. We hosted a home group for over 10 years. And we encouraged each other. We strengthened each other. We shared our testimonies. We lived life together. And we built each other up so that all of us were able to go out and live Jesus, live the word of God out loud in the territory that God has given us. And we were looking for a name for our home group. And we thought, well, that's kind of what we do. We live Jesus out loud. That we train in the home group to live Jesus out loud. So we chose that name. And we brought it with us when we moved to Washington, because we were in Washington State about two years. And we had a home group there, and we called it Living Jesus Out Loud. And then, of course, when we came here 20 years ago, we brought it with us at, the, at that time. And we still have a home group called Living Jesus Out Loud. And we believe that that is 
such a great name to go along with the title and the message that God has given us to go along with the ambassadors for Christ, living Jesus out loud. So that's where it's, it comes from. So our scriptures, we have two scriptures that are kind of the foundation for um, living Jesus out loud. And the first one is Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. And it says, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a lamp and put it under a bowl. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. What's going on here? Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And we use the flashlight to demonstrate the power of light, that it can overcome darkness, that it attracts you. It's attractive, isn't it? Everybody looked at the light, didn't it? They didn't look at the, the darkness. They looked at the light. It can be seen from very far away. And so that's what we talk about, living your life out loud for Jesus, not hiding your faith, but living your faith as, it, as you believe it is real, because it is real, but living it so that others can see it, not for any other reason but to point people to Jesus. Now, the second scripture that we chose as the foundation for living Jesus out loud comes from Revelation 12, 11. There it is up there. So this is an awesome scripture, you guys, so listen to this. They triumphed over him, meaning Satan. That's what um, Revelation 12 is talking about. They triumphed over Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So if we break that apart, okay, and look at each facet of it that God is trying to communicate, the first one is, they triumphed over Satan by the blood of the Lamb. Well, that's Jesus. Okay? Jesus came. He was, he was God, fully God, fully man. He was the only one who has ever and ever will live a sin, sinless life, sinless life, and be able to be a sacrifice for the sin of the world. And any who believe in him, any who will accept him as their Lord and Savior and accept that sacrifice will defeat Satan. Yet, you notice that God doesn't stop there. He also goes on to say, defeat him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. That's how powerful that your testimony can be. Think about that. That's got, your testimony has power in it to defeat Satan. That's how important it is. So then the last part is just as important. It says they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They didn't do that. They didn't let death and fear and anxiety prevent them from their testimony and claiming the blood of the Lamb. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that fear and how that fear can keep us from sharing our testimony. But remember, we're commanded to not let it interfere with that. So one important factor that we wanted to talk about is this phrase, crossing the chicken line. Now we got this phrase from a lady who used to go to church here, Lorraine Larzabal, 
And what it refers to is being prompted by the Holy Spirit and acting in faith what the Holy Spirit guides you to do. The Holy Spirit might say, Mark, do this. And it's like, I don't want to do it. Well, why don't you want to do it? Well, for me, a lot of times I'm afraid. I'm afraid of like what you might think or what you might say or what you might do. I could also be prideful. I don't want to look silly. I don't want to, you know, cause shame to me or to my family. Are you seeing Mark like that picture up there, yep. that picture of the chicken <laughs> as he's describing himself? Yeah, I bet you, yeah, I bet you are, and I, I'm the same way, too. It's hard. Or another factor is I don't want the focus on me. You know, some people have taught me locally I don't want tarantaran. I don't want to be the center of attention, right? So those are just some of the, the reasons that we don't cross the chicken line. And how many of you believe that there's a chicken line out there that we all got to cross? Yeah. I face it every day. Wow. I face it every day, even today. I had to cross the chicken line to come up here and speak. Absolutely. And you might think that because Mark and I have been doing this over 35 years, right, living Jesus out loud and having that kind of our, our life mission, um, that we're good at it and that it's easy for us. You know, that's not true. It is. It is I don't know if we're good at it or not. We, we've gotten better as we listen and we obey God and his direction, but it's hard. It's still hard. So don't feel alone in crossing over the chicken line, but remember God wants us to get over that. Don't fear death. Don't fear anxiety and all those other things. Let him work through you in your testimony. Okay, so the next slide. We all have a testimony. And the coolest part about that is nobody can argue with your testimony because it's your experience. It's not their experience, right? And so you're entitled to have your own experience. So you think about, well, but what's my testimony? Well, first of all, we all have a testimony of how the Lord brought us to him, a salvation testimony. Okay, so you have that. You also, if you are saved, you have a transformation testimony. How has God changed you over the course of your life with him and being in his family? And then... God's faithfulness every day in every way that he has been faithful to you in your life is a testimony. So remember, nobody can argue. It's your experience. So we're going to give you just a few tools to help you cross that chicken line and to share your testimony. And the first one is the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And each one of us who have Receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior has the Holy Spirit in us, but do we listen and do we obey? And I have to practice listening, and sometimes I have to be still and maybe take, do a daily office and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And then after I hear it, you know, my typical response is, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, seriously, that's, that's me. So we also have to not only practice to listen, but then we have to practice, okay, I'm going to cross the chicken line. Yeah. yeah. But each one of us has the power of that Holy Spirit in us. 
We all have the ability to listen, and we all have the free will. God loves us so much that he gives us the choice to obey or not to obey. But it does take practice. Just like we talked about practicing the gifts of the Spirit, I have to practice listening to the Holy Spirit and acting on it. And I, I do it in little stuff, even stuff at work. If I uh, drop a screw, oh, Lord, show me where the screw is. And I think I know where it is, but the Holy Spirit says, no, it's not there, it's there. I have to go, oh, okay, I'm going to look there. Practicing it in the little stuff helps me build for the bigger stuff when I get to the big chicken line to where I'm going to say, I'm going to wear this shirt out in public. And what happens if somebody says, well, what does Jesus say about COVID? I actually had somebody say that to me at Foodland in Princeville. And the Holy Spirit told me what to do. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. <laughs> ah, you're leaving us hanging there. All right. So <laughs> another tool that we want to give you. This is a tool of attitude of flexibility. Now, this is a tool that I have had to learn and still have to learn. And really, God is working on me on this even today. And that is that, I don't know about you, but I like to have a checklist of what I'm going to be doing during the day. And then just go right down the checklist, right, in order, in my order, right? <laughs> but a lot of times, God will throw a little wrench in there, right? And he'll say, hey, I want you to spend a few minutes with this person. You know, connect with this person that you see at Costco over there. They look kind of downcast. Maybe you should go over and pray for them. Prompting of the Holy Spirit. And my attitude is, yeah, but God, I've got my list here. Right? <laughs> I've got my list, and I need to do this, this, and this. And he just goes, okay, my daughter, you make the choice. You want to you keep your list, or you want to get blessed with what I have for you. <laughs> because when you share, and when you obey the Holy Spirit, it comes back to you. It's not all about them. It's about gaining for the kingdom, but also prompting you and bringing you up building you up in your faith. So I have to remember something. I have to remember one of my favorite scriptures. It's Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. If you want to look it up, you can. So we'll put it on the screen. Okay? It's an awesome scripture that reminds us that God has the big picture and we don't. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you can imagine. A God that created the world, the universe, you and me, surely is a God that we can trust. Yeah? His ways are not our ways. And when he asks us to do something outside of our checklist, our schedule, we can trust that he will redeem that time he will give us the time back for whatever it is that needs to be done. And he will bless us. So we get the choice of having an attitude of flexibility or not. I say it's going to help you in your testimony, living Jesus out loud, if you will develop alongside me that attitude of being flexible. So the tools are prompting of the Holy Spirit, having an attitude of flexibility. And another one is... Let God be in charge, not Mark in charge, that God will use all things for our good. 
Now we base this on, on Romans 28, but before I get to Romans 8.28, I just want to remind ourselves, I have to remind myself every day, this word that we use in church, that God is sovereign. Well, what does that mean? Well, that just means that God sees everything and he's in charge. He's, he's over everything, even allowing the enemy to operate in this world. He sees what he's doing, but he is, he's got, like Val said, he's got the big picture. And we have to trust in that. We have to trust in the fact that God is, like some people say, large and in charge. Right, Max? Large and in charge. Yeah. And not Mark or not anybody else. So if I remember that, and that even though the enemy is operating and God gives me the free will to do what he asked me to or not, he still is going to work all things out for good. And that's the Romans 8.28 I just want to read here. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So allow God to be in charge, and he'll use all things for our good. I like to rest in that because whatever I'm going to do, it doesn't matter. God's going to use it for my good and for his kingdom purpose. And his word will accomplish what it sets out. So I can trust him. It's okay. It takes the pressure off of sharing. Mark and I had the privilege of attending a very amazing conference called the American Association of Christian Counselors World Convention. Now, we've been doing that every two years, although during COVID, we got halfway there and got COVID, so we didn't get to go. So it's been, it's been four years since we've been there. We finally got to go. The conference had a title that was so cool. It's called No... K-N-O-W, no hope, no hope. And one of the speakers that I want to share with you to, about today in his message was Tim Tebow. Now, Tim Tebow, if you aren't familiar with that name, he is a, a superstar athlete. He is a broadcaster on television nowadays. Um, if you want to see him, you can tune into college football sports, and he is announcing um, he has a lot of experience in the sport. He led the University of Florida to two, not one, two national titles while he was there. And he got the Heisman, very young, his first year, he got the Heisman, which is the major award, the top award for the best college football player. He also was drafted, of course, into the NFL, and he played a few years in the NFL. But what he's most known for is his faith, is living Jesus out loud. I just want to give you an example of something that he used to do on the field. He, would, he used to do something that they now call T-bowing. <laughs> and he would go down on his knee, and I'm not, I'm not going to do it because then you won't be able to see me. But he'd go down on one knee, and he would put his arm across his knee, and then he would pray and he would thank God. And he would do that after every touchdown, you know, that was scored. He was the quarterback, so he was throwing the, or running the touchdown. He would go right down and thank God. He used to write Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me on his cheeks until they decided that they wouldn't let him do that anymore. So then I think he wrote it on his wristbands. But anyway, he lives Jesus out loud. And so he is somebody who we as Christians, want to hear from. We want to hear, hey, what's this all about? Sharing your testimony and witnessing for the Lord and, you know, all that. And the message that he gave was so awesome. He said, we are hope carriers. We are hope carriers. And we get to tell people 
that they are of infinite value because Jesus gave his life. He paid his life for them so that they could be with him throughout all eternity. And he did the same for you and me. We can give that hope to people by conveying that message that Jesus paid for their sin. They're of infinite value, far beyond what we could ever measure. And we get to tell people that. We don't have to tell people that. We get to tell people that. And if you develop this perspective that Tim has given us, I think that you're going to be a lot more excited to share your testimonies because you've got something that you know that they need and they want. They want to know that they're of value. People want to know that they're important and valued. And you can tell them the ultimate message on how valuable they really are. Amen. So what greater message can we bring to people in, in dark times like today, in times of war, in times of disaster? We are hope carriers. So and the way that we are going to demonstrate is we're going to share just a few of our testimonies um, some that have been around for a while, but some that are just real recent. And how we use them to live Jesus out loud. Right. So most of you uh, know, but if not all of you know, that uh, we have a marriage testimony that is very unique. And this is how we tell it, that uh, we started our marriage off on the wrong foot, on some lies and some assumptions. For, and we dated for like three and a half years. Four years after we married, we broke our marriage. Yep, we broke our marriage. We separated, and we were separated for two and a half years and divorcing. And it wasn't until that time that I turned my life fully over to God, and God changed my life. And then he changed Val's life. And then he had, we asked God to give us another chance, and we tried to put our marriage back together again by ourselves. And that didn't work. We had to turn our marriage over to God. And I just want to illustrate how do you do that? How do you turn your marriage over to God? Well, one of the issues was where are we going to live? Val's from Washington. I'm from Missouri. You know, we had all sorts of dynamics pulling at us where we're going to live. And God put people in our lives to help us walk through that question. And the answer that God gave us through the prompting of the Holy Spirit was, why don't you live where God wants you to live? And so I said that to Val. Would you be willing to live where God wants you to live? And, that, and she said yes. And that was the turning point in the restoration of our marriage. And so we tell people that. And now we've been married 33 and a half years. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So that's, that's kind of the short of it. But it was the worst time in our life. But we wouldn't trade it because we wouldn't be here for right now. Right. And God did an amazing things in our life. And when we tell this to people, what happens? We give them hope. Yeah. We give them hope through that testimony, just like you will, get sharing your own testimony. Well, as Mark said, we were separated two and a half years. Now, if you look at statistics, you're, it's, you're not going to make it after being separated two and a half years. But God. We built our foundation. Not again. We built our foundation. Not starting from where we left off. We built our foundation on God and on his word. And aligning our marriage that way with the Lord and with his word helped us then to move forward and have a testimony today 
to share and to tell you how we share that testimony. Because we were separated, because it is such an extraordinary event that it would happen, that we would be back together again and flourishing in the Lord, we celebrate our anniversaries big time. Every anniversary we celebrate big time. That provides us with opportunities. Every time we're celebrating, we can tell everybody involved. If we're going out to dinner, we can tell the servers about why we're there and how we're celebrating our, our marriage test, you know, our marriage anniversary, and we can share our marriage testimony. It's amazing what God can do with these marriage testimonies. I remember um, last year, and I know that we've already shared this with you, but I'll just remind you that um, we were eating dinner and we were sharing our testimony, and we had two, one server and one of the greeters tell us how much it meant to them. That it, and one of them actually used the word hope. You've given me hope by what you shared today about your marriage. And there, there is hope. There's always hope in Jesus. We went to the Middle East. I know, I know we shared a little bit about that as well. Um, to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary, even though it was our 33rd, because we were supposed to go to the Olympics to celebrate our 30th, and then it, you know, COVID happened, it all got canceled. So we reoriented, and so thankful that God allowed that, because it was a trip of a lifetime going to the Middle East. You can imagine, we went to Qatar, Jordan, Israel. In each of those countries, we had guides, we had um, busboys, we had yeah, every restaurant we went to, we had hotel receptionists, we had the check-in people, we had taxi drivers and Uber drivers. All of those people got to hear our testimony because inevitably it would come up, what brought you here, right? Well, the World Cup didn't bring us there, okay? Our celebration of our marriage and our marriage testimony really brought us there. And so we were able to share with people, that was the World Cup was Qatar, and then Jordan, and then Israel. Absolutely amazing time. And it made it so much more amazing, you guys, to be able to share over and over and over again with people the hope that we have through our marriage testimony. We share not just when we're on vacation, but we also share with our friends and family. Inevitably in marriage, there's going to be ups and downs and trials. And so... When we have the opportunity, when our friends and families are struggling, then we remind them about our marriage testimony because it provides hope in the midst of what can be overwhelming darkness as we know we've been through it. So we do that. And of course, I'm a Christian psychologist. I have people that come in that are struggling in their marriage. And so I also share them the marriage testimony when they're in counseling. So... We do consider our marriage testimony our biggest testimony of our lives. And we're grateful that we get to remind you of that testimony today. And we have individual testimonies too. For example, you know, one of the issues, uh, the problems in my life was I was drinking, lying, drugging, lusting. I was doing all sorts of bad stuff that was contributing and destroying my marriage. But God has changed my life through uh, 12-step programs and through recovery and through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And because of the prayers of people like you over me and over our marriage, that's what has changed my life. So when I encounter a family member who's struggling with any of those issues, somebody in the community that's struggling with those issues, 
I don't necessarily tell them the marriage testimony. I say, hey, I know what you're going through. I had the same problem, and this is what I did, and this is what God did for me, and this is how I've been changed. I used to be this way, but now I'm this way. In fact, a lot of people, I tell them, if you would have seen the old Mark, you would, it would have been a different person than the new Mark. And I like the new Mark. I love the new Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God for that. So that's, that's a, a quick and short testimony of, of me and my individual journey with the Lord and how he's changed my life. And it connects Mark with so many people because so many people these days do struggle with addictions or idols or, or whatever. And so God is good. He redeems. He resurrects. He renews, right? He's an amazing God. About 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer for the first time. Through a year long of treatment, there were so many miracles that I can't even start to tell you how many miracles there were. And because of that, people kept telling me, you got to write about this. You got to write about this. And I'm thinking, oh, seriously, you've never read my dissertation because my writing is horrible. <laughs> but remember, when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, he will provide what you need. And so I believe that he provided what I needed so that I could write this book. And I know I've shared it, but I share it again, Victory Over Cancer. <laughs> it's an awesome testimony over and over and over again you'll you'll read about the miracles that happened and what God did but the coolest thing I think in here is that because during the year-long treatment there were several things that happened one of those things that happened is that Mark and I had the privilege and honor of sharing our marriage testimony at the Easter service for that Kauai Bible Church did at a hotel for over 450 people and we wrote it out. And so all I had to do to put it in the book, because it was part of the year of treatment, right? It happened during that year, so I got to put it in the book. So I just copy and paste and put it right into the book. So the marriage testimony is in here. So how, how do I use this? Okay, well, first of all, I'm using it right now because I'm going to tell you that this is a ministry and we don't charge money for it. And so I brought a few books. We brought a few books, and they're in the back at the Welcome Center. You are welcome to take them and give them to anybody who you know might benefit by reading about the miracles that can happen through the cancer process, okay? So that's one way that we use victory over cancer. And when friends and family, when we hear about different people that are struggling with cancer or that diagnosis, we, all, we either send it to them or we start telling them about it so that they can purchase it online if they'd like to, because it is available still online. So we use this as a testimony, as a witnessing tool. And you can do the same thing because medical issues are something that we all struggle with. Most likely in your, in your life, if you live long enough anyways, you're gonna struggle with some probably major medical issue. So you can connect with people and give them hope, the hope that you have as you walk through your medical issue, whatever it is, and all the faithfulness of God, you can give them hope to cling to. And as a psychologist, I'll tell you, that hope can see them through. That hope can be what they need in order to beat whatever it is or make it through whatever it is. We have some people that have been very courageous in our church 
Christelle Pope's one of them, come up here and she just rawly talked about her experience with cancer and shared with us and cried with us and asked for prayer with us. And we got to go through that journey with her. Do you know what that did for me? Okay, so I've been re-diagnosed with cancer, but hey, it's, I have hope. I have hope that God is going to beat that, just like he did the first time, right? Yes, and Christelle is part of that, and so is Gino. Gino Fernandez, sorry. Gino Fernandez, right? He's going through it right now, but he wanted so badly to be at church last week, and he came and he testified that he got to be at church, and he was so pleased that he got to be at church, even though he's in pain, even though he's starting at the beginning of the process of chemotherapy. God is more powerful than cancer. God is more powerful than anything that we go through. But if you don't tell your testimonies, people won't know that, and they won't have the hope. So victory over cancer, that's one of the testimonies that both of us use, but particularly I use, to share hope with people. So we have everyday opportunities to testify, to, to witness, just to really tell, and this is the, the verse that we really like. It's out of Luke chapter 8. And if you remember, there was this guy that was demon-possessed, and Jesus drove the demons out into the pigs, and the pigs jumped off the cliff. And the guy wanted to go with Jesus, and Jesus said, no, this is what I want you to do. And this is out of Luke chapter 8, verse 39. And it says to this man whose name was Legion, Jesus tells him, go back home and tell everyone how much God has done for you. Can you do that? Just tell people how much God has done for you. The man went all over town telling everything that Jesus had done for him. So we have the opportunity every day as the Holy Spirit prompts you, as you decide you're going to cross the chicken line, <laughs> using the tools of, of flexibility, right, and leaving the rest in God's hand because God is large and in charge, we have that opportunity to do that. Whether it's shopping, phone calls, handling business at the bank, in line, at the grocery store, or just like the other day, got my hair cut, and there's a lady that cut my hair that a lot of you people know that was uh, struggling with cancer. Her name is Joyce, and she said, I got tested the other day. There's no cancer in me from head to toe. She said, thank you. And I said, we prayed for that. She says, that's right. You guys prayed for it. And she was telling the other guys in the shop, they prayed for me. There's no cancer in my body. What power, what encouragement, what hope that was. That was awesome. That just happened the other day. So we have those little opportunities that can not only give hope, but share the hope even with me. It was, it was encouraging to me to hear her say that. And me, when he came home and tell, told me about it, because I really love Joyce, and, uh, and we did have prayed for her, and it's so cool, so cool to be a part of that. But you don't get to be a part of that without stepping over the chicken line and sharing your testimony. So here's something that went on this week. I have some problems with my hips, so we had to do an MRI on my hips. I did not know, thankfully, in advance, so that I couldn't obsess over it and be anxious over it. I did not know that they were going to stick big needles into my hip sockets and put dye in there as, as a contrast, because they won't be able to see the hips you know, on the MRI unless they, the inner part of the hips. So they did this, and when I realized that I was gonna have a doctor and a technician that were gonna do this, and all this equipment and everything, it was like, it seemed like the atmosphere was really kinda oppressed. 
And so I thought, I'm just going to tell him the truth. And so I said, hey, guys, Doc, you know, I prayed. I prayed for both of you, and it's going to be okay. I, I trust you. God's going to be with you, and it's going to be okay. And Doc didn't say anything, but the technician said, I really like the sound of that. <laughs> so I took that as confirmation that God wanted me to say that in that situation. It's just such an easy thing to do, right? Such a simple thing to do. But it took listening, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and then stepping over a little bit of the chicken line that was there for me to do that. Okay, I'm, I'm supposed to talk about rides. <laughs> and the reason I'm supposed to talk about rides is that Pastor Aaron um, reminded us of an event that happened over on Oahu at a leadership conference. And there were several of us over there. And he wanted, he wanted to know about that. You know, how, how did that happen? How, does, how do you guys do this? And so what happened was we were all in a taxi. And Mark and I were in the front seat. And Mark started engaging the taxi driver and talking to the taxi driver. And I started chiming in. And pretty soon, we were sharing our testimony. And pretty soon, we were asking him about his faith and his belief in the Lord Jesus and those kinds of things. And I think, you know, Pastor was just amazed at how, how that happened. But there's no, there's no secret and there's no trick. You know, what we did was we always do this. when We, we consider it, first of all, an opportunity. Okay? It's an opportunity when you step in that taxi or Uber or whatever or you um, see someone behind you in the checkout line, and it's going to be forever before you get up there to check out. And so you've got that opportunity. So then you turn to the person, and what we did is we started saying thank you for your service. Thank you for what you're doing, you know, because that he was doing something for us, okay? If it's a male, Mark usually engages them. A female, I usually engage them. And then we start asking them about their life. And they start inevitably, oh, where you come from, you know, what brought you here, all that kind of stuff. And eventually you learn something about them that connects to one of your testimonies. You learn that their family is struggling with cancer. Somebody's got cancer. Okay, we've got hope. We've got hope, victory over cancer. You know, the Lord is faithful through medical issues. Or we find out that, you know, once in a while they'll tell us their, their marriage is on the rocks, you know or that they're having a big problem in that respect. And so we get to do our marriage testimony. And if they don't, it's a possibility that we will just bring it up and say, hey, would you like to hear about, you know, why we're here? We're celebrating our anniversary or we're, you know, whatever. We're going to a leadership conference for our church. And we're leaders in the church, Kauai Bible Church. And it's so awesome, you know. And guess what we learned yesterday and start talking, <laughs> talking in that respect. All of that is planting the seeds, you know, planting the seeds in people's lives so that when that little farmer that, um, that Fran told us about in that story goes out to look, there'll actually be something coming up because God's word will accomplish its purpose. Whatever it's set out to accomplish, it will accomplish. And it's not up to you. It's not up to you to water it and to till it and everything else. It's up to you to plant it, sharing your, your testimony. So you can do it. You guys can do it just like we do it. Yeah, and it takes practice, yes, and it takes crossing the chicken line, but the truth is that God wants us to be hope carriers. So let's be hope carriers. Okay, one final story. 
Um, this one is near and dear to my heart. We were visiting uh, my family in Maryland. My brother just recently moved there. He's got two daughters with kids, and my sister uh, lives there. And I hadn't seen my sister for seven years. And so they were making a big deal of me and Val coming all the way from Hawaii. And so they made a big dinner. And right before dinner, my brother said, Mark, would you bless the food? Wow. I wasn't prepared, but I said, okay. But what God had done in my life is that day we happened to be reading in our rooted Bible reading Deuteronomy 33. And Deuteronomy 33 is where Moses was blessing the tribes of Israel. And I had shared with Val earlier in the day about that. I said, wow, that's an awesome blessing that Moses yeah. gave the tribes of Israel, you know. Well, at that time, my brother said, you want to bless the food? And I said, okay. And then I just started to share with, with this family, uh, my sister, her husband, and, and two children, my brother, his daughter, and, and her son. And I just told them how much Val and I love them. We miss them. It is so great that they allowed us to come and visit them. Because we know we have some relatives that say, you're not coming here. But they allowed us, and they treated us so well, we said, thank you. We love you so much. And so here's the prayer I have for you. And I, pulled, and I, said, I, and I told them the story. I said, I was reading the Bible today, and this is the prayer I have for you. This is the prayer I told them that Moses gave the 12 tribes of Israel. May God bless you with land that is the best, with the best from the sky the best from the dew, from what comes from deep beneath, that he would bless you with the best of what the sun makes grow, with the best of what comes each month, with the best from the mountains of old, with the best from eternal hills, with the best from the earth and all that fills it, and the favor of him who lived in the burning bush. May the blessings come upon all of you. And Val being touched by that she looked around and she saw everybody was touched by that and she also knew that more importantly that God was touched by that I was able to be in the word listen to the Holy Spirit cross the chicken line and share that little bit of testimony with them and I believe that that gave them hope they're not necessarily practicing Christians they were raised in a in a tradition, but I don't believe they're practicing. And I'm believing that God is going to use that seed and make it grow for his purpose and his glory. Amen. Amen. Probably want the worship team to yes. come on up. Yes, worship team, would you please yeah. come on up, all two of you? <laughs> and me and Val. We have one more thing that we would like to share. And uh, just a, when, when we were in Maryland, we also have a, a nephew and his family that live next door in Virginia. But the nephew wasn't home. He was traveling, but his wife and two kids were there, and she allowed us to come visit her. So when we went and visited her, we picked up some peanuts from the famous state of Virginia. And so we'd like to share two different kinds of peanuts with you as a way of just sharing our aloha with you. One is a hot and spicy peanut, and another one is seasoned with a spice that my brother tells me everybody in Maryland loves. It's called Old Bay Seasoning. So you're going to see some peanuts with Old Bay seasoning, help yourself to it, and some peanuts with hot and spicy, and just be careful. Now Val's <laughs> going to close this with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you that you are our God, that you paid the price for our sin, 
and that you want us, Lord, to share hope with a dying world around us so that more and more and more will be brought into your kingdom. Help us to jump over that chicken line, Lord. Help us to be in touch with your Holy Spirit when we're prompted. Help us to use the attitude of flexibility, Lord. Help us to know that you are God and that when you say do it, you're going to use it for our good and for your glory, for your kingdom purposes. Help us, Lord, to be hope carriers to this world. We are so grateful to be your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.